This is the Irish Maker Podcast, a show where we talk to makers, crafters, and builders from all over the island of Ireland. I'm your host, Nathan Wheeler, and let's jump right into the episode. Hello, makers, crafters, and builders. We're back with the Irish Maker Podcast. So Stephen Hines restores antique petrol pumps. That's what I said, antique petrol pumps. These things are like back in the 50s, the 60s, some even the early 40s. They stand about seven foot tall, and they are the coolest things you have ever seen in your entire life. I have tried to get involved in that, restoring a petrol pump. I bought a petrol pump got about two years ago during lockdown, and I have always thought they're the coolest thing in the world. And I want to share with you today an incredible craftsman who's been restoring these things for the last few years. He's been on RTE. He's been on The Late Late Show. He's been on so much, and he's got such a passion for this. And to introduce Stephen Hines. Stephen, how are you? How are you, buddy? All good. You're looking very happy and content in your makerspace. Yeah, I'm always happy and content. I come out here about 20 times a day, <laughs> even for five minutes. Kind of twiddle out and kind of look at something, grab something, and then back inside. Most of the time is come in and spin around in circles, not knowing what I came in here for, and then going back out and remembering and coming back in. So that makes up for the 20. <laughs> yeah, listen, I, I know that I feel the exact same way. Sometimes I come into a room or I come down into the workshop and I know what I'm supposed to do but then I completely yeah. forget why I'm there. And I'm kind of sitting there holding two things and I'm like, oh, I've got a plan for this. Yeah. And then yeah. I'm like, oh, something shiny. And then you kind of run off and you get distracted and you go work on something else. Yeah. And I'm sure you're like me and most other makers. You never have one project on the go. There's generally several or several hundred. And that's what gets you so distracted because you go in to start one thing and then you find yourself going, oh, I'll just do this for a minute. And then two hours later, you realize you didn't get anything that you actually meant to go in there for to do. <laughs> do you know what? It is actually always the way. Like, I always struggle with trying to keep focused on one project. And, like, mm-hmm. you might even find different projects in different areas of making. So sometimes I'll be working on, like, I'm working on this little house at the moment. It's for, like, a project. Uh, I think it's like a little replica house. But when I get wow. bored with that, I go work on some cosplay projects or... I'm like I am today I'm recording and then you kind of come back to it and you're like oh I should really get back to that and you end up double jobbing on different projects but anyway look we could talk about that all day I want to talk about the reason you're here is the petrol pumps so Stephen tell me how you got involved in restoring petrol pumps like like like, how how does someone even start doing that I suppose it starts with getting the idea into your head that you want to that you really like these things like you have to like something obviously they want to do it and i remember probably doing me leaving sir no i wasn't actually it was an apprentice an apprentice plumber and watching discovery all the time you'd always be watching american restoration they're a prime example Such a good <clears throat> show. what a show and i was infatuated with some of the work that they did but not only what they did it was what they were doing it on and i was just like i always did metal working engineering and skill that was always my go-to subject and we always knew I was always going to be hands-on. So when I was watching this show, that's where I was like, damn poems are kick-ass. Like, I need, I need to one day eventually do something like that. That's why I aspired and wanted to do. And so much so, I think I was like a second or third year apprentice, you know. It was a mid-recession, absolute torture. You know, you were nearly working for free. And I emailed Rick Dale and his wife uh, on a few different platforms saying, listen, I, I love this is what I'd, I've made, like I've shown them what I'd made previous to that, like junior cert, or sorry, leaving cert stuff. And I was like, I'm an apprentice and 
I'd love to come and work for you. I'd nearly come over for work. I was basically offering myself for free because I just wanted to go over and see how they did, what they did. Now, obviously, got no reply. <laughs> Never heard a thing. But it was uh, that was where kind of got the, the seed in the head. So cut, like, 10 years later, qualified, left the plumbing game, and I ended up um, getting employed with a fuel management company who I'd always been intrigued to go and work for. And the who was now my boss, like, I knew from the get-go, this guy's a cool guy. And, you know, you're comfortable with him. He loved all the previous things that I'd made up to then, you know, like, because um, before working in that company, I was in uh, Intel. So I had so much time off on shift. So that's where the making started. But the pump started when I started in fuel and technology. And... When I got in the door, like it was all, they're all brand new, state of the art, web based technology, really shiny things with LCD interfaces and, you know, nothing that what we love, yeah. you know. But then I was in the place about a month or so and they have a big mezzanine area and there was just old pumps that they decommissioned in the past. And I seen one or two that I now know aren't actually, they're not a very special pump. There's a lot of them everywhere. But uh, they're still an 80s or 90s pump. And with a bit of work, I was like, they're cool. So I said to Shane, the boss, I was like, what's the story with the pumps up there? And uh, he was like, uh, oh, sorry. We're going down to uh, Hammond Lane. I was like, in Hammond Lane, is that a breaker's yard? Yeah, yeah, uh, scrapyard, yeah. So you go down, bring all your steel down there or your copper or your whatever, uh, metals, and yeah, pay for cash. And I was looking, I was like, what about the two older looking pumps? He was like, ah, sure. There's loads of them everywhere. And I was like, can I have them? And he was there. Well, if you want, like, he was like, what are you going to do with them? I was like, oh, I'll well, do some. I'll, I'll, I'll tasty them up. Like, so I had, I'd already had this idea in my head from years ago, drawings. And I literally, I've had drawings of pumps. Like, <laughs> like right here. Every pump I do, I always do a drawing. Like that's the Gabarco I'm on now. But back to that. Um, I had ideas of what I wanted to do, teams and what way. And I basically started working on one of these, and they're a very bland-looking pump. They've only got one interface, but it's the proper clock dial that turns, yeah. you know, and it's got re an, a, a manual reset and stuff. So it's old enough that it could be, with a bit of work, it could really stand out and look cool. And went looking uh, for that particular brand on the internet, and I seen there was just, like, there was... Knowing that they aren't special, except for a place over in the UK, Automotive, Vintage Automotive, I think they're called. But they basically restore all pumps. And when I started seeing what they were doing, I was like, oh. And then I started seeing what they were selling them for. I was like, oh. Well, crazy money. I think people don't realize how expensive a restored pump is. Like, yeah, you can the, go for the, 10 Gs easily, especially in this country, because they're so hard to find. Point. Yeah, and you exactly, and you know from the I know from seeing your pump, you send in your pictures, and you know, you know, some of the pumps that I have lined up to to do, um, are like hen's teeth. You you actually cannot get them anywhere. Like I don't know how them, they're ridiculously expensive. It's like, so I guess you got very very lucky in that the guy didn't know what he had, <laughs> in a way, well, or had any ambition in working with them. But yeah, well, if you, you know talk to collectors, it's a different game altogether. Yeah, and as I said, like the, he knew, like the, the guys that, like Shane, he's in the game forty years, like so. They've 
seeing all the pumps, they've decommissioned them. And a lot of them back in the day were just sent out for scrap. Some people seen, seen something in them and kept the ones, like, say, from the 50s and the 60s, even the early 70s ones. Some people were smart enough to kind of park them offside in a garage somewhere or, you know, put a, put a sheet over it and forget about it for 10 or 15 years. But for the most part, he, they've told me and the lads, like the two boys I work with, uh, Paul's in the game as well, like 20 years, and he was like, Jesus, we'd be showing pictures of pumps, and he'd be going, yeah, we, we scrapped many of them, and I'd be like, what? What do you mean? What do you mean? Uh, and like, you know, it's blasphemy to me, like, you know, but that was just it, that's the way it was, like, because it's, that's their job, you know, like, for, for anyone to go and see these on the, on the side of the street now, you're kind of like, wow, that's, they're nice, like, especially when you see a good one. Oh, like I, I, I've always, I'm very, very similar to yourself. I was always watching MythBusters, American Restoration. Uh, even now, I still watch a bunch of restoration videos, and I just thought, oh my god, this is the coolest stuff. Because e even yeah. it kind of transcends into kind of some of the work that I'm doing. So like I'm like the firefighter stuff that I've done, and the other yeah, kind of restoration yeah. work I've done. I yeah. think there's so much to be said, and I've said this on this podcast so many times. It's all about the story. And it's something oh, yeah. that attaches value to it. If you can like tell a story with it, like this is 50 years old. It's yeah. like, how is that not the coolest thing you've ever seen? But like some people don't get it at all. And they really not into it. Cause when I got yeah. my pump, um, I got, I'll tell you how I got my pump actually. Uh, this is like, uh, where did you get your first pump? I was sitting there <laughs> in the middle of lockdown. Uh, I was sitting there on my computer in my little apartment and I was looking around and then I was like, do you know what's awesome? petrol pumps and i'd always wanted one i've always wanted one yeah. of them and a coke machine um, yeah, i'm scared well like do you remember the conversation we had when you saw that uh coke uh ice cream thing down in uh port leash and you were like i need That's to right. have that and i was like i'm way yeah. ahead of you but they're looking yeah. for crazy money for it but anyway so i was thinking geez i'd love one of those two and i just i don't know what came into me but i was just thinking about it and i went on to adverts and i just went i wonder yeah and then it popped up and it was the most beautiful pump. It's a Wayne fifty, uh, sorry, Wayne seventy pump, um, yeah. used in the UK, uh, and it pumped kerosene. And a yeah. guy in Limerick was selling them, and I have never seen one in the in, in the in the wild. I've just never seen them. It seems like when Ireland decommissioned them and they kind of yeah. got rid of them, most of them went, as you said, to Hammond Lane and just got went to the breakers. The only ones I found are coming over from the UK. And I yeah. went into my wife and I said, "Listen." <laughs> I want to spend 1500 quid and buy a petrol pump. <laughs> she kind of looked at me and she was like, yeah, that's yeah, fair enough. Like you've always wanted one. And I was like, oh yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I like rang up my uncle and cause I don't drive. And I was like, yeah. rang up my uncle and he's like this big flatbed. And I'm like, any chance you could drive me down to Limerick and we could buy a petrol pump. And he's like this big <laughs> seven foot tall South African guy. And he was like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. it's okay. That's okay. Let's go do that. <laughs> and then like, <laughs> we just go on down to Limerick. And I went into the uh, middle of nowhere. And this guy go down this laneway. And then I get there and the guy's there like, hi, how are you? And then he brings me in the back of his house. And I was thinking, we're all in masks and everything. We're all a bit scared. Yeah. I was thinking, Jesus, it's sketch now. I'm in Limerick. And I go down yeah, yeah. this narrow thing. And, you know, the my uncle is there. And he's there like, this is all very strange. And we're walking huh? down anyway. And then he opens up his shed. And oh my god, it was like one of those like oh, moments, and uh, all I could see, all down the left, all down the right, 
were restored hot rods. The guy restored what? hot rods, and he just What's had. Was name Liam? Was it? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah you probably know. But he had all these hot rods, and I was sitting there just losing my mind. And then I went in, and he's like, he just had a room full of pumps, and he's like, "Do you want this one? Do you want that one?" And I was kind of like, "Look, that's the one I like the look of. That's the one I think I can restore." And he wow. was telling me his whole story. I was just incredible. And the pump has seen way better days. It came from the UK. It's trash. The globe yeah. is long gone. But it, like an yeah. original globe, you know the price of original globes. Like they're more expensive than the pumps if you can get yeah, them. Yeah. There's a guy up in a cavern. Uh, is yeah. it cavern? You know the yeah. guy up in cavern yeah. in Blackline? Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. What's his name? I don't remember. Is, is, it, is it? I don't know. I don't remember what his name is. Really, really nice chap. And uh, he was anyway, he sold it to me anyway. Anyway, we loaded it up on the truck and I brought it back to my grandparents' house. And uh, nice. do you want to bring up that image there? Because I want, I want, I want to, I want to show uh, Stephen. This is my, my granddad right beside it. And he was ah, like, nice. oh, yeah, like, isn't this great? But we brought it back anyway. But this guy was taking casts of yeah. uh, petrol pumps. Class. And then he was turning them into EV chargers. Wow, oh, deadly, yeah, Just yeah, such yeah. a smart idea. And I was thinking, like, it's that Americana merging the old and the new, and it's unbelievable. Yeah. If you can pull up some of those pictures there of Stephen's pumps, and Stephen, maybe you could tell us a little bit about your pumps, because I'm absolutely blown away by your pumps, because the work you're putting into them is incredible. How many have you done now? Um, So far, uh, I have three completed, and then I have two that are, like probably 90 percent i'm actually just waiting on decals and then they're done as well so i'll be five now when when i have these complete so um the first one i i done um as i said when i was uh when shane gave me that pump i started working on it and he's seen no value in it like it was a very bland looking thing but i thought we cut windows into it and like maybe dollying it up uh that it looked a lot nicer. So I started working away on it. I cut the windows, display into it, uh, had all the panels beaten out, primered, and then Shane was coming up and I'm like, yes, that's, that's pretty cool. And he was like, what, what color are you going? I was like, oh, I'm thinking Texco team or something like that. Uh, he was like, would you do a pump for us? Like for the for the front door, like for the foyer. And I was like, all right. I goes, I'll make you a deal. For them two pumps, I'll do this pump for you. And he was like, yes. Sorted. So I now had two identical um, Hockey 93 XAs. Very bland pump. They're like 70s, 80s pump, even into the 90s. OPW have them. The Fire Brigade had them. Loads of like marinas and stuff like that. Waterways Ireland used them. Um, so they are actually situated everywhere, but like generally these people just scrap them. But I started working on it, did Shane's one, and you'll see that that's the grey and orange one. And that was me first one that gave me the gear. That I was like, right, maybe I can do this. You know, like that's that, that turned out so well that my boss wanted it on display, and he was showing obviously all different work people and people come in like for meetings and stuff. Like that's the first thing they see, and it's a talking point. Like so, it's a great thing to have a talking point. And then Shane's always, always courtesy and turn around. Like he'll introduce me. Anyone that asks about it, he'll bring them even into the workshop. And be like, yeah, Stephen, the last one asked you about the pump and all. Just have a general chat about it. And they're like, most people are just like me and you. They see it and they go, that's really cool. You know, you, you go over, you touch it, and you look at it. And like, I want one of them or, you know. <laughs> they're, they're, just, they're just swish. 
Like, yeah. I, I feel like any time I've ever seen one or I've seen an old Coke machine or I've seen one of those old vending machines restored, I don't know, it just yeah. triggers. I don't know. Maybe there's something in it where you're just a man of a certain age and you just look at stuff like that and you're like, yes, I just need yeah. that in my life. And they're just, they're just unbelievable. And they're a great talking point. Like, you put that That's anywhere, it. people are going to be like, tell me everything about this. And you know yourself when you've built something, when, you, when you've got to the end, when you've took your time, like it might have taken a lot more time than you expected. But when you get to the end and you're finally standing back and not judging any bit or kind of going, ah, I should have done that. When when you've gave it enough time where you stand back and go, I don't think there's anything else I could do with that to make it look any cooler because any more would be over the top as well, you know. Um. And that was that definitely gave me the drive to do the next one. So we started straight away on the next panel, started cutting the windows into it. Exact same model pump. I had two extra ones of them. So started doing that again. And this time I was starting to post uh I'd obviously posted up pictures of Shane's field technology one. Then I was posting up um like videos and snippets and stuff on Instagram and Facebook of me working on another one. And a guy who I've uh, done a few lights for his house before actually a good, good friend of mine Noel he got in, t- in touch with me he actually does my decals really nice dude he got on to me he was like so uh, what's the story with that water pump you're working on and I was like no story uh, I'm just doing it Like I, I'm just doing it because I want to do it like there's never there's never a selling point around like I like I just ask someone to start somewhere because generally I'd like to keep them all but <laughs> unfortunately we can curse as well yeah, so like it's nice to be able to give it to a close friend because I can go up and like go and see it like all the time as well. So oh, you're yeah, such a maker. You're such a maker. It's like oh, I want to go visit my pumps. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I understand. Like other people might not understand. I completely get it. Where you go up and you're like, are you treating it okay? How are you? Yeah. Exactly. Like I, I, there was one time I went up. So now turned around to me. He was like, oh, like can I take dibs on that? And I was like, well, man. So I was like, what are you thinking? He was like. He was like, yeah, we need to come up, and come up with me and have a chat. So I told, I said I was going to do a Texco team and had this all drawn out. It looked really cool. I'll, I'll send you, I'll show you the drawing. Um, and when, when I sent my note, he was like, bear with me. He was like, I'm, I'm taking it completely off the route you were talking about. But what about Guinness? And I was there, Guinness. And I was like, gee, no. I was like, that's all right. Cool. That picture, that's a picture of it there up on the screen. Like, yeah. it actually looks phenomenal. Yeah, that was the very first one, and that went viral. Like the minute I released them pictures, like there was people from the states, there was people from Diageo, and all getting on to me. Like really, really great feedback, and you know that's what also drives you to do these things again and again. And feed it feeds your uh, your addiction, if you like, because people all the nice words from all the people, like strangers especially, you expect it from friends and family, you know. But when a complete random stranger sending you know, like a big synopsis of going man it's so amazing it's amazing and I, I don't know how to take good compliments like that i'm kind of like oh thank you you know go back under me rock whereas like it is a really nice feeling you know um, there's a, gr- there's a get- great sense of that where, where you can someone's sitting there and you don't know them and they don't owe you any, they don't owe you anything and you know that their compliment is actually genuine because you, oh, you can't come up with the value but oh maybe he's only messing me around like no yeah. someone's gone out of their way to tell you that you're great and yeah. that's so powerful. And you're just like, oh, thank you so much. That's it. And like that Guinness pump went out there. That was not like that's Noel's went up into his uh, little home bar that he made. We went up and we uh, uh, sent on a video of uh, 
was pawned a very forced point out of it. Like we 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 clashed heads so many times. Well, not clashed heads. Like I mean, we came together so many times and um, with different ideas. And Noel was so laid back. He was just like, "Listen, Steve, you you just do what what is in your head." He was like, "I, I gave you an idea, and I'm just gonna let you roll with it." So he just let. He basically left me for like nine months and I just, my mind just went nuts and I was just like, do this, do this. So I ended up with that original one. I, I cut a cabinet door into it, fitted a cabinet into it. The idea was to originally put maybe like a, a wine cooler or something into it, but I couldn't find anything small enough to fit within the uh, dimensions of the frame. So I just kind of had to settle with like a wooden cabinet, which I put LED lighting into it and a glass shelf into it. And it does actually just more or less to put memorabilia and stuff. Because yeah. if he's going to have that, it's a collector piece. And sure, why not put some of his Guinness and other collectibles in the cabinet itself? And not to mention it's a cabinet and it also poured points out on top of it. Instead of having a globe, we went with the, the Guinness head and the single tap pours from the side but the double tap pours from the back. Now, I didn't know that at the time. If I hadn't known that, I would have said, get the, the one that pours from the back so you could actually have this thing built into your bar, like have your bar built around it. But So you had to pour it at the side, but it was still seriously hella cool, like, you know. It's, it, like, I was looking at the pictures, and that's how me and you got talking, because I saw them, and I was like, got to get this. This was before we even had the podcast. So I was chatting to you, and we were just like, that is unbelievable. Because there's not yeah. that many people in Ireland that are really on the kind of the, the, the pump scene, as I'd say. Yeah. There's myself, and I haven't even started restoring my pump. My pump is sitting in my grandparents' garage because yeah. I, I just don't, haven't had the time and I haven't had the space to start restoring it. And like my Thank plan for that it. is I want to restore it nice, probably do a shell theme, and then I want I'm... to rip out the insides and then turn it into a a kind of temp controlled uh whiskey uh whiskey rack so that when you because uh, so it's got the full length door so then you'll yeah, open it up yeah. pull it out and then it'll just be antique whiskeys all the way up yeah, and then obviously you'll awesome. just keep the clickers uh hopefully uh, i don't know even the mechatronics on that do you know there's probably someone who restores them or does work on them because um, they're a nightmare to work on on the underside of them like most of them they'll generally they're they're basically a, a mirror and it'll have a uh It'll be torn. Uh, so there should be a knob on the underside of it. I'm, I'm explaining this absolutely back to Paul. But uh, <laughs> um, it's basically the analogs, and it gets torn by the meter, should I say? And so from the underside of it, you should be able to torn. There might be a, like a, a little uh, spigot or something sticking out. Oh, yeah. And if when you turn that, you should start seeing the numbers dialing around. Uh, I generally, if it's one that I I don't know them as well because we don't work on them. We work on all state-of-the-art kind of web-based all digital now um, and when, when i come across these like when you see some of the gears and mechanisms in them like like so the, you have a wayne 70 other wayne 30 as well which is like the thing that might be a gen or two below like all the neuros and, old school. i know and when you look at some of the mechanisms inside this it's just like it's fascinating now that was the only thing that was in that uh, all the rest of the goods have been stripped out because it was used for promotion and stuff in a bar. And Toby, um, have you been picking pumps or have you just been getting them through work? No, uh, right. So, yeah, the, the, the two pumps, the two force pumps was, uh, there were two exact uh, 93, uh, talking 93 XAs, got them from the job. 
and then after that, then I was just like yourself, you'd be on adverts, all the different type of selling sites. And I was coming across a few that were going for extortion. And I haven't been in the game, I kind of have an idea of what they should be worth unrestored, especially badly uh, conditioned ones. Yeah. And some people were looking for like, say, 1500 quid for a thing that basically more or less 90% probably had to be refabricated. All the panels were so shot that you'd actually just have to get a new panel made. And I, I explained it to you, man. I just goes, listen, I'm not, I'm, I, I think they're kill pump. I'm, I'm not actually going to buy this one. I'm just letting you know that I was, I don't think many people are going to buy for, for the condition that it's in. Uh, I was like, I work in the industry itself. And I was like, oh, I think you might be just showing it up a bit high, but wish you the best of luck and stuff. Hey, and then, good reaction, bad reaction. Um, yeah, because see, like, I suppose there is some people that are coming, uh, getting their hands on some of these pumps, you know, and they're totally over evaluating them, uh, especially when restored. Because like, they have to understand, like, when when the likes of myself or yourself take them, like, the hours that goes into some of them, um, like you're talking like money. Money as well, hundred percent. Like, like, and you're talking down to everything from whether it be using your weld machine, or electricity, going through cutting discs, you know, buying perspex to replace the windows, globes, which cost probably what the pump value was when you bought it as well, if you get an original. Um, but, but that's I, sorry, that's something that people really don't get how expensive the globes are. Because I was trying to explain this to my wife. Yeah. I was like, I'm probably going to get a reproduction globe, and she's like. Yeah. Why would you get a reproduction globe? Would you not just do it properly, Nathan? And like she was, it may sound like I was like cheaping out on it. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And then we went up to Black Lion and we went up to the guy that that uh the guy who sells all them. I brought her yeah. in and I was like, How much is it for a shell one? And he was like, about two grand. And I was just like, <laughs> like, and then it was just kind of like, uh, what happens if it breaks? It might break. <laughs> and I was just yeah. like, no, 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 no. It's it's genuinely not worth it. Like, and I'd literally, I, 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 I'm the same as you. I found people over in the UK mostly. Uh, then I found, uh, Liam in in Limerick as well. He managed because he was doing the the EV conversions, and he was also doing beautiful replicas. Yeah. Um, and that's where, <clears throat> he, yeah, no, well, he actually did. There were stainless steel ones that he was getting, like mm -hmm. stainless steel molds, getting them pressed, and they just look kick ass and he had one done for like like loads of BP, uh Shell, uh, uh Texaco, Caltel. He just had he had a, an array and just lined up all different color schemes, all of these reproduction globes on them. And I I, I got onto him and said, listen, I, I I just showed him a few of the pictures of the stuff that I was doing. I was like, because it's always good to have contacts like him because he's obviously he's into his vintage, he's into his automobile. So knowing a dude like that as well is is indispensable because the people that he may know he'll be able to point you in the right direction and um it was actually Liam himself who you dealt with as well that um was able to kind of put me in the direction of getting reproduction globes that which are, are absolutely oh, they're beautiful. Beautiful. They're yeah beautiful. they're beautiful like still a few hundred quid like you're still looking at like 200 quid probably oh, 200 quid versus two grand like <laughs> yeah and you know? as you said, like the, the two grand one is probably could be 50 to 60 years old, probably more, and made of like a silk glass, a milk glass. So, like, Jesus, God forbid, you put it in a box wrapped up in everything, you bring it home, and then the thing's just cracked 
from you going over a pothole or something. And then there you go. What do you do? Get the get the suit, get the gorilla glue out then, you know. <laughs> but like but there are some people in the community <laughs> and as I said, I don't know many people in the Irish community. I know about four or five apparently there's uh, apparently talking to the guy in black line as his name escapes me if he's watching yeah. this he's probably very annoyed a lovely lovely guy he was saying that there is an awful lot of collectors there's not an yeah. awful lot of restorers and an awful lot of them come in from the uk and i'd well yeah. believe it because i just haven't <laughs> seen many people in the maker community really get involved in pumps yeah um which is really sad because it's such a that kind of americana industrial thing it's yeah. <clears throat> gorgeous but they're just so hard to find like you just cannot find them yeah, like I've the two other ones that I do have, uh, or I have three actually, sorry. Um, so I have the Wayne 30, the real like seven foot tall one, beautiful. Um, I have the Beckmeter M50, like there's the badge off it right there, like even that steel, yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, that I, I only have one of them badges, and there's a place over in the UK that are going to laser cut me another steel one. And they actually thanked me for giving them the idea because they do like old school automotive decals. And I basically sent them a list of stuff, and I was like, I'm doing three restorations, I need all these decals. And it was all the kill cool stuff, um, like all the stickers that would have been on them back in the day when they were first manufactured. So it's a great thing to find a company that actually make that stuff for you because trying to go to a, a printer and showing them pictures right i want that i want that i want that i want that but i want that size and then giving them all the measurements like god love them i've confused the life out of so many printers like <laughs> oh, i've totally gone off track there what was i was even saying <laughs> yeah you were talking about um you were talking about getting the stuff laser cut oh yeah yeah so yeah the 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 different pumps yeah so the the wayne toward oh sorry and then i have a gilbarco that's the third one and a so the gilbarco i forget it's a cp is I it forget English the pump or american um it's i don't know where gilbarco are from i think the brand gilbarco is american i'm not totally sure the background but the pump that i got and that i have um when you've seen it when i had when i for when i first got it i got it off kildare fire station um, I was in there servicing their newer uh, fuel management system. Yeah, and there's this thing sitting there rusting away beside it. And, you know, like, one of these, I'm, con I'm meant to be concentrating on what, what I'm doing in the job, but I'm kind of like, <laughs> are you just like, one, one eye's on what I'm looking at and what I'm doing, and the other eye's kind of creeping over there looking at that. So, you know, I got the job done, got that pump going, and the station officer came out, and absolute gentleman, man. And same thing, I was like, how are you doing, Sean? Uh, like, uh, check out some of the things that we built here. I was like, any plans for that old pump? And he was like, jeez, no, Stephen. He was like, if you, he goes, he, he goes, listen, you, you can, on my words, you can have it, but he goes, there's four different officers over, four, or there's three different officers, or four officers over, four shifts. Yeah. So he goes, leave it with me, and I'll say it to the four other lads. And if everyone gives a thumbs up, he was like, as long as you decommission it safely, he was like, I don't want any trip hazards or any electrical hazards or anything like that. And I was like, say no more. Or he goes, that's that's what we do. So I was like, well, you're I'm just professional. You have no problem doing that. That's it. It was part of the part of our game. So I had said it to me boss as well. Like, oh Jesus, the, the lads in Kildare Fire Station said, when we be able to decommission there, I'll pump and have it. And Shane was like, oh well, yeah, well, sure. If we land out there on a on a the service call, sure, then you could 
killed two boards at one stone. I was like, oh, grand. So forgot all about it. Left it, left it be with your man. I uh, forgot all about it. And then a few weeks later, I get a random text from a number on WhatsApp, and he was like, how are you doing? Such and such from Clare Fire Station. You're all systems go uh, to pull that pump out. And I was there. I couldn't contain myself. I was just like, when's our next service call out there? When's our next service call out there? You know, send me. <laughs> so, um, myself and Sid, one of the lads, we went out. We did. We got a service call. We fixed that pump, got it going, and then went straight away, pulled, disconnected electronics, made them safe. Then I me- I'd already prefabricated. I measured up the plinth that the pump was sitting on. I prefabricated a, a plate. And I was just like, doo, doo, doo. I was like, perfect. And that's that's a thing. Yeah, that's a you'll see it a bit in the pictures. Like it's that's where it was, and that's just where it what the way we left it. And um I'm now nearly finished that. Um just waiting for decals. All the holes were all all bonded. I was gonna try and repair them metal work wise and actually cut strips of metal out and pack it and repair it that way, but that would have just been a nightmare job. So I ended up just isopanning it because um, I didn't keep the internals or anything. It's yeah. mainly just for display, but it looks really cool because when you get to the stage I'm at now, having put in the display windows, and this is actually these are actually the back boxes for the two pumps that I'm doing now. Because when you cut the windows in them, I actually put an inlay and you put the the decals, so like that's gonna say regular in there, and like that's only primer at the moment, but um, it's gonna have regular across there, and I have an LED strip there. And same with the dial face window, there'll be an LED strip there, so and it'll look all pretty and lit up. So it's pretty fun to get to this stage of a build because this is where it looks really nice and you start kind of getting giddy with it, you know. You're like, Yeah, <laughs> you know, everything's polished up, everything's looking nice, and as usual, the, the, the one thing that holds me back is getting the decals because generally someone is doing me a favor doing them, but uh I'm trying to get these over the line, so I'd be like texting every few days. Eh, any chance in them decals? If you can't do them, just let me know. It's no problem, and then yeah, move on to the next. Yeah. So yeah, that's not the the mad rush that happens generally with them. <laughs> Tell me now, uh, do you go picking often? So like, I guess for the uninitiated, picking is essentially where you're you're going out to either scrapyards or antique places or really the random parts of the earth and you're basically looking for stuff to restore. Do you ever think you're going to move away from the pumps or you think you're just super focused on the pumps? Well, do you know, the, the pumps is, uh, it's it's convenient now because obviously my workplace allow me to use their uh, their facility, like their workshop. So I have the space to not only store these pumps, but to take them apart, have all the par- parts in different boxes, and you know, label and stuff. <clears throat> like if you if you were to try and do it in this workshop, like most of us, like this is a 10 by 10 or three meter by three meter uh, workshop. It's good for doing little things like that. You know, I can fold up bits of metal and you know, I can make little lamps and stuff like that. But like for anything big, straight away you get claustrophobic. If I was to carry one of them pumps in here, yeah. you'd be, you wouldn't swing a cat in the room, you know? Yeah. Uh, so um, it's good to have that space. So I do understand why there is a lot of makers that can't or don't invest in doing it cause you know, maybe they they just won't get the time of day to, to get near it. Whereas I'm I'm actually very fortunate to be able to do all that, and then not only that, spray paint them. That's that's a huge thing. Like, do you spray this? Uh, no, not in the job, but I kind of do a halfway in between the big roller shutter door, so I don't. I try not to get like, 
probably unprofessional if there's a spray painter listening to me there. I am a plumber. <laughs> so, it, like, I, and it's one thing, like, in all the stuff I've built, which is a serious array of different things, spray painting was always one that I dreaded. So, when I was doing the pumps, um, the spray painting was always going to be the make or break because the metalwork end and the fabricating and all that stuff, that was, and the mechanical end, that was always going to be fine. I could do that with the eyes closed, but spray painting there's a finesse it's a, it's an art in itself like um <clears throat> and me being ocd i like to try and get things as perfect as i can within my limits spray painting just never went my way you know like i used to spray paint all the drum kits and stuff and be all bubbling and cracked and just never went well so i always had that fear in me you know <clears throat> i'm really i'm really glad to hear it. like it's such a cool thing to be even part of like i guess what would you say to makers out there who are listening uh to get involved in this now maybe not just in the petrol pump angle uh but definitely if we could get more people involved in uh, restoring pumps and old machines it would be incredible like i i know myself i have a massive pump and i just do not have the space to work on it like i yeah. bought it and i you know i emptied it out and i put it into storage and i kind of looked yeah. at it and i knew I knew when I bought it, I was like, I am not going to touch this for years. But yeah. when am I going to find this pump again? You know, so when I saw it and I got it and I just bought it and I put it into storage and I knew that to work on this, I need a lot of space and I need a lot of equipment. And I knew like it would be later in life that I could actually do what I wanted to do. But people thought yeah. I was mad. Like, I'm sure yeah. you found this. Like, oh, we yeah. had a bunch of people over um, to the house and someone turned to my wife and they were like, why did you let him get that uh, and like she was like what do you mean i, I didn't let why would i let him get it he's a grown man who paid for it himself <laughs> and he's really good at you know that's what he's into like like who the hell are you like god yeah, help yeah. her husband um, <laughs> but like some people are like really like that and so many people have said to me like why would you buy something like that but yeah. i know in myself that i know what it'll look like all restored i know what it'll look like when it's all put in and I know yeah. that they're going to be sitting there well jealous. And yeah, like, yeah. The coolest thing I've ever seen. Because when you even have, like, it has the old kind of um, the hose and uh, the little yeah. faucet and all the rest of it. And it's like, all the original yeah. stuff. And you're just like, you just, I don't know, like, maybe it's just in me, but there's just nothing cooler than that. But to go back to my point, what would you, advice would you give to people who kind of want to get started in this? Um, Start off slow and like upcycling is always the, the best way to go as well we're starting to make anything because like you're, you're cutting your cost on materials the pricing of materials now is absolutely abysmal so like i started out with pallets most people there's a lot of people out there that hate working with pallets or they'll diss them but at the end of the day it's free timber and it's easy to kind of learn from your mistakes with it and you can build still cool stuff like i've built a lot of stuff with pallets um so like it's always good to get started there you know don't get frustrated have a plan always have a plan i always have a drawn and for everything i've ever built i always had a drawn like even if it was something basic even when i did the thing on rte i had one drawn on my whiteboard which was behind us literally a rough drawing and for the 10 day build i've kind of referenced myself to that every day and it's it doesn't have to be anything like it could be something simple with a few measurements that way, it's just a plan of action to follow consistently so you're not losing yourself during a project and kind of not knowing where you're at. Number everything if you have multiple bits in it. You know, just simplify it. Make it easy for yourself because, like, things, when you simplify builds, 
when they come together, it's so not only satisfying, but it's it's a relief. You know, yeah. like you, you know yourself when you're doing dioramas and models, like especially the finesse you have to have with such small parts. You know, like stuff can be make or break. So I think patience is always the best thing with them. But that's I suggest my, that's my best tool. Ah, nice tiny tweezers. And I, when I was growing up and I started model making, I thought, oh, tweezers, what a loser. <laughs> and now <laughs> I'm a little bit older and my eyes aren't what they used to be. I'm just kind of like, tweezers are life. Don't I know? Sure, where is my lamp? Um, I made, like, I, I recently done my uh, my fiance's engagement ring. Uh, you said this, but tell us more about that. Yeah, I did it out too, but like, yeah, that's, a, that's another story in itself. How long have we got? <laughs> well, we got a little bit. We can run a bit longer. Right. Yeah, so obviously a few years ago, we wanted to ask her to, to marry me and I went around a few jewellery shops and me being, I just, nothing made sense. I was looking at this ring and this ring. They both looked the exact same. This was like a thousand more than this one. And he's, he's trying to lure me in and show me the, the, all this. And, and I'm looking at him kind of like, nothing feel, there's no feeling there for me. So yeah. me being me, straight onto YouTube. Uh, just to see for the crack was there anyone that made rings now obviously i know there's lots of makers and jewelers and stuff out there that make all sorts of beautiful stuff but i wanted to make a gold ring a diamond ring essentially without two brass nuts so did a, a youtube job found this uh, i think he's a spanish guy and he's got a beautiful video nice music and all behind it but it's like a half an hour long and he doesn't cut on any detail and I watched it, and I watched it, and I watched it. Then I just couldn't stop watching it, and I was just like, that could be done. And then a bit of me was down to going, he's all the professional jewellery equipment, everything from all the, the really finesse uh, dremels and, you know, like every bit of his equipment was all jewellery. But in my head, I was like, a few needle foils, loads of different grades of sandpaper I've 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 bench growing that area and, and like a polishing machines i was like bodge it together uh, you know <laughs> so we found a place over in the south side uh, that sold actual brass nuts so i bought uh two of one size and two of another size and then i also got two corresponding dome nuts so i got two uh hex nuts and two dome nuts that's what he used and i got two extras just in case i made a, a mess of it the first attempt but uh, it took two years, um, literally, just to hands uh, me Ferox, which is an Aldi uh, Dremel thing, is a beast. Um, use that. I, I think I went through about, I don't know, about 25 different grades of sandpaper, right down to like, I don't know, it was like, few like a, a thousand grit, like where it was more or less paper. And I sit there wet sanding it by hand, just sitting out here like Sherby going, I wonder what she thought I was doing out here because I'd be coming out here and I'd be just gone for ages and I come back in, my hands would be black, you know, before I'm washing them. But um, at the start, I'd stole one of her rings and uh, one that she knew she was wearing and it wasn't exact finger, but close enough. And I just stole that and just never said that. And I had that ring for about two years and uh, about a week or two before I pro proposed, I kind of placed it there on the shelf uh, thank god she didn't ask me about it because i would have probably uh and yeah i got a bit of help i got i, I got it down to the part where it looked like a beautiful ring with a crown 
And then the next part was getting a diamond and actually uh, brazing the crown and the the band together. And I just hadn't got the sack for it. I really just, I, I had gone so far. It took so long to get that. And I was so happy with the result for, for the tools that I had. Like, I couldn't believe I'd got as far as the dude in the video. And I was like, holy crap. And then I just scouted about ass jewelers. My and gear jewelers were fascinated. They were like, they were so busy, but they around Christmas that they couldn't help me set the stone and all that malarkey. So it was in my credit union one day. And the girl behind the counter who was lovely, I know her, I would say hello. Um she had recently got engaged, I overheard it. And I was up next in line. I was like, ah oh, Jesus sir. Congrats, so I heard you, you got engaged. And she's like, oh, yeah, you showed me the ring. I was like, ah, oh, class. And I was like, I'm working on something myself. And she's like, what's the mean? I was like, I'm actually making one. And she was like, you're fucking joking. I was like, you're joking. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. And she was like, that's amazing. And she's like, how far? And I showed her a few pictures. And she was like, wow. Because when I say when you say you're making a ring out of two brass nuts, the general people look you get is the raised the eyebrow and kind of, okay. You know, but when I showed her, she was like, whoa. And she was like, so what's the story? And I was like, no, I don't know anyone that can raise these two, these two bits together and set a stone into it. And she's like, oh, sure. My dad, Joe, is, a, is a, a, a jeweler on the side. Like, that's uh, his passion. His love is on the side. I was like, no way. She's like, yeah, you know, Joe. Like, And it turns out Joe was the, the guy who used to always, uh, he'd... Uh, <clears throat> He'd let you get the loan in the credit union, like he was actually one of the head guys in the committee. And so we'd met him loads of times. I never knew they were family. So literally, by pure chance, standing in the credit union, I managed to come across Joe and had a meeting with him, showed him, and for a jeweler, he sat back and he was just like, Yeah. He was like, he shook me hand and he was like, Great place. And I'm always there, listen, I'll be bigging it up, can it be done? And he was like, he was like, he sat it down into it and the collet sat down into it. He'd actually rounded off even where the collet sat down into the, the band itself. And he was just like, you even did that. He was like, do you want to don't even do that? He was like, yeah, this can be done. No problem. And I was there. And he was, he was like, what do you want to put in it? I was like, put something nice in it. <clears throat> I want something really nice in it. But I goes, don't go over the top because don't forget, it is two brass things that I made. So I am very conscious of putting a ridiculous stone and something that could pop off, you know, on a, hit, a, a walk in the hills or something, you know. So I was like, just play caution to the wheel, but I was like, put, don't be, don't be just putting a little piece of crap in it, like. And um, he was like, when do you need it? And I was like, whenever you have it, whenever you're done, that's when I need it. Like I was, I'm no, I'm, I'm just giving it to you. Take it, and whenever I hear from you, that's that's whenever it be a year or whatever. And he was like, I know, we'll have it done in a few weeks. And I was there, Jesus, this is all going to happen. You know, we've waited so long. So yeah, sure enough, two weeks later, it gives me a shout and he just sends me a, a video of it in his hand. Everything all set, polished up. He got it. Um, we talked about getting it um, plated because he was saying that the brass itself might, might mark our finger. So I said, yeah, if we can get it plated, happy days. So he... He brought it into his guys in town. They were fascinated with it as well. They gold played at 18, 18 carat. And uh, he set the stone in it. And yeah, then Paddy's Day this year, I randomly asked the question while she was putting uh, Charlie's uh, wellies on him. 
パソコン、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、えぇ、I actually am blown away by it. Like, I'm actually blown away by it. And, like, you, like, handmade all of that. Yeah, literally. I'll, I'll, I'll actually show you. Give me, bear with me two seconds. I'll grab the other two notes that I didn't have to use in the end. Yeah. <laughs> I still have them. I can't it's actually cool. get them. <laughs> yeah, well, I said it to her. Well, yeah, cheesy. I was like, ah, I'm absolutely nuts about you. And oh. I, was, <laughs> I kept on winding up. I kept on winding. Yeah, I know. Here we go with the puns. Um... I kept on winding her up saying for weeks prior to it, because I knew Joe had this and yeah. it was all distance go. So I kept on saying to her, oh, I know something you don't know. And she kept on thinking one of our friends is pregnant, you know, because everyone's getting married and getting pregnant. So it was, she was hook, line and sinker for that. So I just kept on randomly throwing it out there. And then we went away on Paddy's Day to um, Westport and we had a little cabin down there and I said to her, like when I was ready, when I finally got the courage, I was like, remember I said, I know something you don't know? Well, I do. I was working on something. And I was like, and I was like, I mean, I made you something. And then I showed her the two brass nuts and I goes, I'm nuts about you. I think I said something stupid like that. And I was like, these are mine though. I was like, I done something with yours. And then I showed her what I done with the other two nuts. And she, you might want the beep for this one. Well, she basically told me to F off. <laughs> she was like, would you beep off? And I was just like, yeah. And she was like, you did not. I was like, yeah. And she was like, obviously, yeah, and delighted. And both was welling up with tears and happiness. And I was just delighted. I fling got over the lion. <laughs> oh, but, uh, yeah, yeah the rest history now. So, yeah, I'll get the other two notes just, just oh, to go, show go, you. Go, 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 show us, show us. We're still ah happy days. Yeah. So um <clears throat> yeah. If I can get it up to the camera. So that's what I bought. I bought two of each. More so if I made a mess of it that um I could go practice. again. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like and then after that, then I was just probably gonna have to bite the bullet and get a chill out to do something. So that was what I started with. And then that is what I ended with. Did you just go in there and take it off your wife's finger? Nah, she had off. She was washing the dishes. <laughs> I tell you, it's I don't mean to that down terribly. Like, she's not. That's not a cliche thing. That she's <laughs> just just so happened to be doing. You the just dishes. pump the brakes there, my friend. Pump the brakes. Yeah, yeah. she just so happened. So yeah, um, and you probably noticed that it is a little like in comparison to the the pictures when it was first done. It's gone a bit worn for obvious reasons. She's been wearing yeah. it, but um, <clears throat> the. I don't know whether it's <clears throat> her reaction with it, with the oils in her in her skin, but um, she told me she has had reactions with precious metals like gold and platinum and stuff. So she is getting a, a slight bit of a mark on her ring, on on the inside of where she wears the ring, and um, it's a uh, it's not too bad. Like I asked the jewelers, and they said, "Oh yeah, that can happen. Like you can just have a reaction to any sort of yeah. metal." There, are you saying the ring? I said something about a ring there a minute ago. <laughs> I got I got the same I got, I got mine out of uh, brass not brass copper I got a copper oh, ring and uh, oh. like turquoise but it it like it went really it started messing with my hand big time it's gotten better 
like but the yeah. first like six months of wearing it it could used to turn my finger like green and i was thinking yeah. like oh my god have i been ripped off on this copper ring but apparently like it's just it's it's quite common like you shouldn't wear things made out of copper apparently. yeah at the end of the day it is that and uh, like these different metals including the the precious metals gold platinum whatever it may be they can mark your hand as well like because everyone's skin is different and reacts yeah. different like you're putting a foreign object onto your skin your skin absorbs whatever it's it's around it's like so I, I was lucky enough in the sense that she she was getting a slight uh, black mark around where the ring was. And I've noticed that some of the plating has, uh, has kind of worn off. So I could get it replayed. I was going to try and polish it up back to the brass polish that I had it at because I had a really, really nice looking but, um It it take away the actual, the, the yellow and gold. It's so look. much quicker. Exactly, yeah. So, I, I, it's done. It's, it still looks cool as hell, and she still loves it, and it's a great talking point as well. So I'm just delighted she loves it, and um, it's still amazed that I managed to do. It. I actually emailed the dude on YouTube who would give me zero information, uh, probably because he's so busy. Like he's a big, yeah, yeah. really big YouTuber. So I wonder. I'm probably just, I just a, a fly in many of his emails there, but um. I just wanted to show him that, like, his, his video is the reason why I was able to get that done. Because I watched that video, I'd say, 100 plus times, and it's a half an hour long. I mean, easily. I just sit there over and over, and I cut back to certain bits and go, like, when I knew how to do certain sections, I wouldn't watch that part. Like, I'll skip straight to, like, yeah. 10 minutes in or 12 minutes in. I'd be like, right, and I just keep watching that segment, that segment. And then when I kind of had it all pieced together in my head, then I was just like, well, let's buy these nuts and give it a go. Like, the worst thing that can happen is I'm making absolute hames of it. And I go to a, a jeweler with my tail between my legs. <laughs> well, yeah, it walked down the end, so I'm really happy. Yeah. It's actually phenomenal. Like, I'm really, really impressed by that. Like, it's just, it's such a personal thing to turn making into something that, like, you're going to see on your wife's hand for as long as she'll yeah. have you. You know that kind of way, and, and this is it. Like, and the thing there was obviously things playing in the back of my head going, Am I a miserable fecker? Like, like, should I be like, oh, that's what I was thinking. Are other people going to think that miserable? Oh, that's a true, th that's true, though. Some people would think that they like, would, oh, yeah. And, out. and it's like, Yeah, listen, I tell you this now, and I tell you no more. I knew a guy, right? This was years ago, hmm. and I made him, I, I did a bit of leather work, and I made <laughs> these kind of leather covers for knives oh, yeah. so i went off That's and i got him custom knives because uh, he was into his cooking and i got him like leather sheaths i made the leather sheets and stuff and i put his name on it and i was trying to get him a full knife set Whopper. and one day i think we, we got into a tiff or something and he turned around and he said oh that's not very personal you just did that to show off and i was like how could you get more personal than custom made knives custom made leather sheets because you're really into cooking and I, i'll never forget that for as long as i live that some people are just morons <laughs> and you're just like you just can't win with some people <laughs> yeah and this is it like like one thing i did now was as well then like taking criticism like like i've been fortunate enough to not have too many people like out me stuff that i've done like and uh, but like obviously when you did this when i did the tv show like you're gonna have uh, people, no, oh, yeah, you said you did that and you did it. Well, you should have done it that way. And it's just going kind of like, hold on, mate. You do that. You pull, you pull this idea out of your backside 
in like 10 minutes and then put the application in because that's where that came from like that i'll actually show you as well because it's it's opened up and i have it here right here beside me so it'll work out for you but um the idea of coming up for this um barbecue was completely random on a monday morning before i was going out sorry before i was going out for work and I had an idea of doing a beer keg oh, barbecue. Wow. So, yeah, I had an idea of doing a beer keg barbecue and um, kind of an upcycled uh, cooler box. And they were two projects that I had in mind that I wanted to do. So when I was putting in the application for this show, like I did all the, filled out all the forms, got so far down, did little interview videos. And then the question was like, what are you building? I was there going, what am I building? And then I'm sitting there on the spot going, I never even thought that far. Like I just I, I had like a day to fill in the application before I closed, literally a day. And I said, right, I, I, in the back of my head, I was like, I'll combine them two things together and just put them in a little shed. And kind of drew it out there in the spot, a rough thing, and explained it in a video. And then two days later, the producer of the show was like, can you actually make this in 10 days? And I was like, I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> give it a go. Give it a go. <laughs> yeah, so, that's yeah. unreal. Does it cook good meat? Up. Oh yeah, man, it's awesome. It really is. So, um, someone's like, "Oh, Diageo's going to come looking for their a thing," but this was at the side of a road, so they should have came and claimed that instead of causing an accident. So I actually saved someone from an accident. Um, yeah, basically chopped it in half. That's a broom handle. Uh, handle. Um. Put a gauge on it, chopped it in half, put some grating and stuff into it. Uh, it's got two different gratings, one for the coals and then one for yeah. the meat. It's all stainless steel as well. A friend of mine, a fabricator, just came down with like loads of uh, grid stainless steel. I was like, perfect. I can cook steel. I can cook meat on that. And then the um, the cooler box is well was a fridge freezer compartment. So I chopped the the freezer compartment off a fridge freezer and. It's all insulated and everything. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, it's all insulated, yeah. So there's the insulation there. So, and then, yeah, fill it up with ice. Now, the one thing that I wasn't allowed to do on the show, which would have been an absolute deal breaker, because the whole point of me doing this as well, it's 100% upcycled, like everything, scaffolding planks, pallets, beer kegs, fridges, you name it, perspex. Yeah. Um, but the one thing they wouldn't let me do was anything plumbing uh, related. And because if it was part of your trade, it was seen as a disadvantage in the competition. So my idea, I wanted to put a drain off in the underside of that um, Keola box. Because when you fill that full of ice, sure after you're just stuck with stagnant water there. Yeah, it's so, not great. Yeah. So I said to the producer of the show, I was like, Paul, can I please put a drain off in this? Sorry. And he was like, Steve. He's like, you can't put art and plumbing related. He goes, I see exactly where you're coming from because what I wanted to do was to be able to reuse the water, the ice, melted ice water. You can put it into your watering can and water your flowers with it. Smart. So, yeah, a completely recyclable unit, you know. So, but he, he killed me on that idea. So, I got to, I'll probably put that on it. I'm just too lazy. I should have done it already, but I haven't. <laughs> Listen, Steve, tell us. Give us your final thoughts. Reconnect your camera there. I want to hear your final yep. thoughts of what you want to say to the makers that are listening because you've shown us incredible pumps that you're working on that are, are really 
really inspirational. I'm going to have to start cracking into my pump. You've shown us incredible jewelry, which I think every woman who's listening to this thinks you're, you know, Casanova himself. And then <laughs> we've seen your, uh, your barbecue, which is really cool from an upcycling perspective. And I love that part of your work where you're upcycling and you're taking things and you're turning them into new things and you're giving things yeah. a second life. And that is something for me personally is all what I'm about. And I absolutely love stuff like that. So what would you tell to makers about how to get involved in the maker movement, to get involved in making? What, what, what bit of advice would you give them? The, the first thing to do is have an idea. See, so find something that you really like and be realistic as well. Like you don't want to see a big, huge light that, can you make it? You have to really like, can you make it? Have you got the tools to do it? And where can you put it when you're done? So you always have to think of, just think about a project, start simple and do start. That's the main thing. Give it a go. The very first thing we ever made was my dog's um, dog house, uh, L pallets. The materials were free. You know, the information was on YouTube and on the internet. Ideas, there was an abundance of them all through. All you have to do is Google search something or Etsy is absolutely fantastic or Pinterest. There's so many different things. And all you have to do is go onto Instagram, put in your likes and you'll start coming across awesome makers like Nathan and all the other awesome guys that are out there. Um, Just give it a go. And don't fret on not having the the right tools. You'll pick up these things as you go. Always have a plan of action. And most of all, have fun and enjoy it. Like you don't wanna you don't do these things to stress yourself out. You do them to unwind and to take you into your zen. So always remember if you're gonna do something, make sure you enjoy it. So absolutely brilliant. I've absolutely loved this time with you. And listen. Hopefully I'll see you at Dublin Maker. If anyone is is, uh, interested in coming to Dublin Maker, it is fast approaching. Uh, There should be some details down in the description of this video. You'll probably see me and Vicky walking around. You'll probably see me chatting to Steve and we'll probably be talking the hind legs off each other. So guys, (laughs) until next time, I'm just going to go straight to the outro and that's it from us. This has been the Irish Maker Podcast. I've been your host, Nathan Wheeler. This episode was engineered and mixed by Vicky Toomey Lee. Thank you to our sponsor, Coding Grace. Music provided by Gertie Beats. Follow the Irish Maker Podcast on social media at the Irish Maker Podcast. And if you're a maker or you know a maker who should be on this podcast, then send us an email at irishmakerpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.